Welcome to the Shattered Order Podcast with your host, Goodnight Punk and Windkiller Inc. This week, we resort to wild speculation as EHSE drops a huge announcement with little information and then walks away from his keyboard. Hello and welcome back to the Shattered Order Podcast. This is episode 15. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk. And as always, I'm here with Wink. How are you doing, Wink? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? And I think I hear someone else over there. I'm doing good. I think you might be hearing our special guest here tonight from the Shattered Order Guild. It's our good friend Giggles. How are you doing, Giggles? Not bad. I've got a little bit of a cough, but uh, I'll power through it. Good. Well, I hope it goes away for you and not during the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if it if it involves coughing it out. So, Dan, <laughs> we seem to have this ongoing uh, rivalry. And uh, this weekend, your Lions are playing my Packers. Kind of exciting. Um, well, I got good news for you. What? You're probably going to win. I, yeah, I, I feel pretty good we about it. We don't have any... Let's just say... We could probably sign a linebacker off the street and be better than the one we have now, which yeah. would do he no good being carved up by Aaron Rodgers. So. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't been carving anything, though. But, not to mention, said today, Ziggy Ansa not in the game, our best defensive player. So there you go. Probably not going to have DeAndre Levy either, right? Nope. Yeah. Or our tight end. Everyone's hurt, so it's, yeah. it's not going to be good. Well, you know what is good, though? What's uh, that? You beating me again? Well, I know you're gonna rub it in. Actually, I was gonna say, um, since this rivalry rivalry that we've got going on, we may be able to actually battle in Star Wars before too long. Hey, I'm down. That'd be cool. I'd like to see some of our our guild members, squads that we always hear about but never get to see and get to fight against them. Including, but not limited to, Jin's droid team that he raves about, or uh, Giggles here's clone team. I don't think I've ever run into a clone, full clone team in uh, Arena, actually. Are you still running full clones, Giggles? No, you never will. Uh, the full clone team is not really Arena friendly. Throw in an Anakin, maybe. Uh, but as it stands, I think clones are pretty much relegated to taking out Rancor. Gotcha. Well, you're reading the team. How many clones do you have in it? Uh, I vacillate between having Rex and Fives, but Rex is my mainstay. He's my lead. Uh, Fives is pretty good because he's annoying. Uh, <laughs> That's high, for sure. You know, high uh, hit points, counterattacks, uh, prolongs the fight. Um, I also tried having Echo in instead of Qui-Gon Jinn because he has the area of effect uh, dispel. But right. he's pretty squishy. So uh, maybe three weeks or so before mods came out, I actually removed him from my team. So at the peak, I had three clones, and right now I have one. <laughs> gotcha. Did you ever seven-star clone sergeant? Is it clone sergeant that's his name? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually have all the clones seven-starred, and I use them all against Rancor. Uh, So the 
in my clone team against Rancor, the only one I don't use is Rex. But in my TM team, oh, nice. uh, I do use Rex. So, <laughs> Just doing the, uh, the yin and the yang there between yeah. Arena and yeah. Rancor. Nice. Well, first off, I want to say community update. Let's go over that real fast. There was none. All right. So we can move on and uh, go to the next spot. Anyone surprised by that this week? Oh, I was absolutely floored. I fully expected us to have a big, huge update, just like we do every week. Oh, man. I I didn't think we would have one on Friday, so thank goodness we got this cryptic Thursday night post from EA Jesse, because if he hadn't said anything on Thursday, uh, I think we were joking earlier before we started, we would have done an all-Jerry show. <laughs> and I, no one wants to hear that, so... Yeah. An hour-long uh, roast. We could do a Jerry roast. That would be fun. Oh, that, that would have kicked ass. Damn it. Why'd they have to <laughs> yeah. do this? Yeah, well, you know, if things don't start changing here the next couple of weeks, maybe, maybe we have to set that up. It is good to hear signs of life from over at CG, though, because for me, it's like I feel like they're flatlining, and if I hadn't heard anything for a while, then I probably would have called the cops. You know, it's like, I don't even know they're alive. <laughs> Someone go check their house. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a fair well, point. That's a, well, one of the things right to me is all these Star Wars games are getting canceled, right? So it's not hearing anything for a couple of weeks in the middle of this is kind of alarming. Even though Capgas said on Reddit that they weren't going anywhere because they weren't part of those disney owned companies that were making star wars games they were their own entity buying out the ip to use but even still it was kind of you want to say anything or you know what i mean yeah and and especially with the raid getting delayed as long as it's been delayed i mean they said we're gonna have it in was it august or was it september they said sometime in august but uh, that's what i thought and I mean, yeah. that was a month and a half ago over that, actually, and still no raid. So, I mean, that's been a little I'm bit concerning. I, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of wondering, is it really just, you know, bugs and stuff? I mean, are they really worried about getting it that fine-tuned because they never worry <laughs> about getting anything perfect before they release Well, that's it? what I was going to say. Someone said on the forum, they're like, everyone complains that they don't test things, and now they're actually testing it supposedly in quotes here and now everyone's mad that it hasn't come out so it's like that's a good point is it because they're testing it because if so okay as long as it comes out without any bugs then i'll be happy at least you know we talk about them not having much in here in these sections that we keep going through but for a while there they had the empire or the emperor event they had the empire salt then a few a week or two later they had the ewok event they're trying to put things in there to at least cover time slots, I guess. But I feel like since the mod fiasco when, you know, they allowed mods on every drop and all that stuff and then they changed everything. I feel like since they changed that, they've actually done a really good job at making sure things are right before they release it and all that. So I don't know if maybe some management changed there or what the deal is, but I kind of feel like there's trying to do a better job with these things so well before that post yesterday i thought uh we had a community manager change i don't know 
we also haven't had very big drops since then. I mean, you kind of mentioned the events, so we've had uh, the Emperor events, but I mean, we haven't had anything really big like a raid or like mods or anything like that. So I think this will be the litmus test, right? The new raid that comes out or ships or this PvP tournament, whatever comes out first to really see if their uh, lengthened testing period is paying off. No, I think that's yes. a great point. Definitely. Well, going off that, we'll move right into what this Cryptic Thursday post said. So the first thing, EA Jesse dropped something, I can only assume, right before he left work. So basically typed it and left work and let everyone stew about it. But uh, it was a big post that had some big information about things that were coming up here. So we'll talk about the first one. So let me just say exactly word for word what was written pvp tournaments are coming pvp tournaments will have players battling each other to climb the ranks for prizes that are only available during a tournament each tournament will only run for a limited number of days so be sure to get your best pvp squad squad ready for battle so it sounds like a new pvp mode like Jesse was alluding to in that Galactic War Report um, podcast, right? You remember that? Am I the only one? Um, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I guess the first time that he was on their podcast, he was talking about new PvP modes and how they were going to continue to shape the PvP side of this game. And he didn't give any more information on it, obviously, because he couldn't at that time, but... Looks like this thing is one of those things he was talking about. So, I don't have any experience with things like this in other games, per se, these types of games, but I do know a few other games that do things like this. Either you two? I haven't dealt with it at all. I'm curious to see exactly what comes of it. I've got some theories as far as what it could be, but I... I don't really have anything to actually go off of. So, yeah, I have no experience with uh, with any other mobile game, pretty much. This is all I play. So, Well, here's the first thing that comes to my mind, and it's a totally different type of game. So the prizes, the things you win, probably not anywhere near what it would be for this. But, Giggles, you'll probably understand the reference in Commander, Star Wars Commander, right? They have these PvP tournaments. I don't know if they call them PvP tournaments, but they have these battles where during a certain set amount of time, depending on how many battles you play and win, your ranking goes up. So they go by percentage in that. So the more wins you get or the more trophies you get, which is how it works in that game, the higher percentage of the winners you are in. So like top... 3%, top 10%, top 15, top 20, and they break it down that way, and each bracket gets prizes, right? And it's between two and four days each time, I think. I think that something like this is probably similar, where it's going to open up on certain days. You'll always know when it's going to open up and how long it lasts, and you have this many days to go into it and do your battles. I don't know if it'll be... You'll be restricted in the number of battles you can do per day, or if you just 
go nuts all day, every day, trying to get as high as you can. But I can see a bracketed winnings like that along with the time frame. I just don't know how um, they would do the amount of times you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's one thing that I'm pretty curious to see exactly how they line it up because there's another mobile game I played. I can't recall the name of it, but it was kind of the same way. You could actually battle people, and it was like you were saying, you would you know, essentially get trophies, and that would kind of rank exactly how good you are. So if it's something like that, I think that's a pretty good way to go. I'm not sure if... I don't know if I feel like there should be a limit or not a limit on exactly the number of battles that you can actually do per tournament or whatever or per day. But uh, I'm just kind of curious to see exactly what they came up with. You know, the part about this that interests me, and I, I could be mistaken here, but I thought I read something about them saying... Uh, make sure you broaden your roster or something to that effect. So I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see some really weird characters coming out of the woodwork. I was kind of thinking about the same thing. Um, what I kind of, uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically what you said, kind of getting your rosters ready. Uh I've seen some people speculating as far as if it'll be like different groups, like say there'll be a tournament for Jedi or a tournament for Empire or whatever, um, or most likely, I guess, maybe combinations of those, like Rebels and Empire or whatever, that kind of force you to create teams you wouldn't normally create and just kind of see exactly where that goes. Because if so, I mean, I think that would be pretty interesting because it would um, enforce a little bit more creativity out of people rather than just using their typical arena teams, which I would assume is probably going to be at least part of the point of the tournaments. What do you all think? Yeah, so I brought up the post, and what he said is, what can you do to prepare, broaden your collection, buff up your characters, and hone your strategies? Now... There's two things to this, right? So that part right there is like broaden your collection. So you're going to want a different, a lot of different characters for this, assuming maybe themed tournaments each time, like like you were saying, Jedi's or Sith or Empire or Jawas or whatever. That makes sense from the first part of his statement. But right before that, he says, so be sure to get your best PvP squad ready to battle it out. So, well, my best PvP squad is kind of mixed, and I don't know if just having them ready would broaden anything, you know? So I'm like, I'm curious which one of those is the more important phrase that he puts in, and I'm willing to assume that's probably the broaden one. Yeah. Because I, I really well, do think that people are onto something with this themed thing, because it would get really monotonous doing the same tournament once a week with the same characters and the same people winning it every time and thinking so, about it from ea's perspective as far as getting people to spend money i mean that's their goal so they're gonna want people to try to farm more characters and gear up a, a wider variety of characters so 
there being tournaments that use types of characters that are a lot less common in arena or something along that would hugely benefit them and you know would possibly even allow like lower ranked people in the typical arena to maybe have an advantage you know so those characters that you farm that aren't really worth a shit that you could still actually use you know Jerry. <laughs> exactly. Night Sister Synergy coming up. <laughs> yeah. Night Sister Tournament. There you go. Yep. I know, well, I know there's some people out there that are just holding out for something Night Sister, so that would make some people's day, I'm sure. Well, I remember in that last update when they were talking about there was something, some sort of tag that they added uh, to the, gen- the Separatist? Separatist, that's what it was. I, uh, they said that that they would definitely... be used in a few. That's that's something for labeling in a future update. I kind of wonder if, I mean, that very well could have something to do with it. Well, that, without updating all these characters for synergies with their abilities, at the very least, that would give them a spot in something. Yep. If they had a separatist PvP tournament. Exactly. So. Interesting. Well, some other information they had on this is it shows up when you turn level 30. So once you hit level 30, these tournaments show up for you. So you'll be able to do them. Another thing is, and more importantly to me, because a lot of time you get this information with no timeline, they've already said that this will be launching in two stages over the next two weeks. So this is a a thing he said that's just not going to happen for a while just to give everyone a, a crumb so that they stay holding on but it actually is coming soon and not as soon with the trademark on it this week and next week so and I that was ass- the biggest thing I took away well I assume that he means coming soon not in the same way that he meant that the raid's coming in August and as far as that goes, I don't think it's the same soon as ships either. Yeah. Because he didn't give any information on that. But he told said this other thing, the PvP tournaments are coming out in the next two weeks. So. Well, not something else. Any, I mean, the PvP tournaments are coming before the ships. So are the tournaments going to completely change once ships arrive? Or I, I guess we have to know exactly what they're doing with ships, but... I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be fun. New way to PvP, and it's not going to be an all-week thing. I've seen a lot of complaints on Reddit and in the forums about, oh, just another thing to do, right? Well, these things aren't going to last the whole week, and it's not something that you have to do every single day, like a daily now. So it is something else to do. If you have too much on your plate, yeah, I know it can get hard, but this is only like a two-day, four-day type thing, and I don't know. I do, all I can think is that it adds to the game, not takes away from it. So I completely agree. There needs to be something where you can actually battle people. I really hope it's live PvP and not like Arena is, where you're battling an AI. Uh, I've, I feel like... There could, there's so many more options with 
live PvP versus, you know, going just going against the AI. I'm not going to take you up on that bet, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, think, I, I don't think that it will never come, but I don't think that this is it. Because, I mean, logistically, it's, it's just very difficult, right? What do you do? Do you limit each person to five seconds per turn? In which case, that's a lot of uh, data coming back and forth between the client and the server. And, you know, we're talking about a mobile game where the uh, connection can be kind of spotty. So uh, logistically, I, I just think it's it would be very difficult to make a live uh, PvP where both players are humans. There, there have been other games though that actually made it really successful though. I mean, that's it's getting to a point where that's not something that's uncommon to make happen. Well, my question would be, I I really need to look, and I never have at CG's past games and really some of the options that they had to see if they are things that they have done in the past and whether it's something that would be new to their company or it's something they've done before, you know? That's a good point, too. So, I know that the... Uh, I know that this PvP tournament thing has been mentioned in one of their... is in one of their previous games, so... I mean, maybe they draw some of the stuff from previous stuff that they've put out, so who knows? It'll be interesting to see. What, the one question I want to know also about PV ter- PvP tournaments, is it shard-wide or is it whole world like Galactic War is? You know what I mean? Could I fight a guild member or am I always going to wind up fighting ROTE, the big guild on my server all the time? Well, uh, didn't EA Jesse say something about uh, like expanding the people that you fight? I mean, opening up arena a little bit more. I was thinking I heard him say that somewhere. Uh, Galactic War report, probably. But yeah, I think it was on that same uh, on that same uh, podcast. So maybe this is the thing that does it. If so, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Especially if you started doing rank or uh, rewards by rankings, you're covering a lot more space for people there. Yeah. So, I don't know. A lot more people to draw from, too, especially if a ton of people are doing it at the same time. Yeah. That's what I mean. If, like, if you have... If it's, like, a much wider tournament, uh, you know, live PvP would be a lot more probable than keeping it cut down to just each individual server or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think anyone else have anything to add about PvP tournaments? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm ready for them. I'm glad they're coming in the next two weeks. Yeah. But uh, something that me and my buddy who I joined playing with back in November have been talking about but didn't seem like it would never happen was this other spot to his update where he just said... They've been working on this for a while now. Big update. And it was ships. And then he just said mic drop. So then he walked away. So that was a pretty big thing for me, for him to just drop out of nowhere. Because as far as people had assumed, 
this option was dropped and was never coming back. But I always held out hope because they still have that icon on the far right with the ships on it, right? And they could have taken that out if they really wanted to, to stop making people think it was coming, you know what I mean? But yeah. no information on what else is in the big update. So let me read word for word, and I'm just pulling things out of what was written. Reading way too much into things here, but tell me what you two think. His thing said, and one more thing. In addition to this update, development team has already been hard at work on our biggest update yet, which will feature ships. So, on top of PvP tournaments, he's talking about a big update. Now, it doesn't say, no information about what else is in this big update, but besides ships. So do you think this big update is just ships, or do you think it'll be ships and the raid and something else? What do you guys think? I think they'll keep things kind of split up, like do the tournament and then maybe do the raid and then do uh, the ships. Like, I don't think they'll combine more than one of those like big aspects in any one update. But I, I mean, I think we'll see all of this before the end of the year, I would think. It kind of depends on how profound the ship's update is. Like, what do they do? So one idea that I heard thrown out is that they might be like a sixth character or they might feature as an ability that you can like tap on in a battle. And if that's the case, then that's a pretty profound change. I mean, just think about how much mod battles changed everything. I mean, back in the day, I was thinking that Jedi Knight uh, Guardian might be relevant in raid because of such high potency, uh, base potency that she had. But with mods, right, that changed everything because you could move yep. Tebow from a 20% potency to what I have now, which is 80%, uh, fairly, you know, reasonably. So I, I guess if the ships are something that touches all aspects of the game like if it's something that's in the regular five person battle that could be a huge update in and of itself if it's just some other mode like maybe it it's like um you know the the cantina battle or the raid if it's just like a separate battle mode then i would probably expect something else given that he's teasing this huge update yeah, that makes sense. I agree, because changing anything in the regular arena is going to have a huge impact on players, because that's just something that I know a lot of players go into every single day trying to make sure that they hit that number one slot and having a new... So protection, when it came out, changed the meta big time, right? And then you got mods, did the same thing. And with both things, everyone had plenty to say about them because it profoundly changed one of the big things that people play. Kind of like Galactic War changes, another one of the big, the PvE side, big things that people play being changed in, you know, just kind of shaking up what people thought about the game. So if, if, if I think you're right that if it did add a sixth person into your squad or 
you know, you did have an ability to click on that was based on your ship. That would definitely change the arena again, and that would be a huge update. But I do tend to think that if they're just ships you collect that you battle, try to get through the battles, then it's not going to be as game-changing, I guess. Do you think they'll be adding another type of energy or just piggybacking off the current energy that we've got? Another possibility is that it could be uh, like our favorite aspect of the game, which is challenges. So it could be limited to a certain number and time-locked. Um, I don't think this idea is terribly unreasonable because if you look at the events that they've added recently, those have been time-locked as well. So, I mean, you ask the question as if there are only two choices. I think there's possibly a third, which is just saying, hey, you can do this twice a day and it will refresh every day or something like that. That's a good point. To be honest, depending on how it was implemented, that might be better than the energy option, especially if it took energy from other things. I kind of like that idea. I, I think the only thing so. with that is there would probably be some sort of crystal refresh or something along those lines in there because whatever they add there's going to be a way for big spenders to refresh and advance a little bit quicker than everyone else or else they're not making money off of it so with an update as significant as they're talking there's got to be something along those lines yeah, and that's currently how Squad Arena works. That's how uh, some of the previous events works uh, worked. Uh, back when events was on the left-hand side of the main screen, um, you could refresh, for example, the uh, Ewok Assault one, I think, with crystals. Or we could just pray and hope that they allow you to use ally points, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be interesting Wishful for sure. Thinking, I know. <laughs> All those people with 100,000 ally points would be... Uh jumping around like the Ewoks at the end of Turn of the Jedi. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, let's see here. Well, I got some interesting old-as-hell information that I kind of wanted to look at. It's back in February, there was a data mine that pretty much pulled out every single character that wasn't implemented into the game or wasn't playable and put it in a list. And the thing I found interesting about that back then, back when we didn't think ships would ever come, was that it also had a giant list of ships. So we're all thinking ships might come at some point, and then I see all these in the game, and I just wanted to go back to that after I got this information. Now, does so February was what? What month is it? Nine? Eight months ago now, that's when this was data mine. So before I say anything about these ships and these, what's written from the data mine, take it with a grain of salt because obviously in eight months they could have totally changed everything. So, but from what was data mined, there were a ton of fighters, mostly fighters. It looks like. No Star Destroyers, no uh, Karelian Corvettes or anything of that nature, but more uh, fighter ships. They had listed from the data mine, they had synergies. There were two types of synergy from the ships that were data mine. They had wings, 
So like your X-wing, your B-wing, your Y-wing, your A-wing, and TIEs, like your TIE interceptor, TIE fighter, TIE bomber, all those types of things. So there was a synergy type listed there, which if you were to look into that now from that information, you would think it wouldn't be a sixth person on a squad because unless you TIE fighter had a, or first order TIE fighter had first TIE fighter synergy, then it might work. But most of the time that wouldn't work out with characters, right? Well, that's actually kind of an interesting point is that uh, maybe you have to have specific type of characters in your team to use specific ships. I mean, that would add a little bit more uh, strategy as far as the teams that you can create. You know, it wouldn't be lim- limitless. It would be limited to some degree. and More wild speculation. Let's say these teams with these ships without synergy listed for them can be used with any arena team. And those ones with synergies have to be used with certain characters. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. Just throwing wild stuff out there. Now, uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but Biggs used to have ships as his synergy on his character page, yep. and that actually disappeared uh, a while back when they took out things like humans. Um, so it's possible that they just decided the tags were inconsistent and they're just going to bring them back. Or they could have just decided, hey, let's scrap the synergy and uh, from the character page and put them on the ship's page, which I think, you know, if we're speculating this way, I think that would make a little bit more sense that, you know, you would have your ship and then you would say these characters can use it and then just update it from the ships as opposed to going to the 100 plus character page right now and then sorting through that. I'm not sure, but... Seems yeah. like uh, a, a difference between how much work each one would take. Yeah, because if they introduced these ships, they could say this specific character can synergize with this one or clones and separatists. Or, you know, they could use specific characters along with tags. You know what I mean? So that's a good point. That would be interesting for sure. Yeah, I think that would be that would make the most sense, right? Less for them to change, because they're already making these ships and putting them in. Why not put them on the ships that are about to be introduced, rather than going back and trying to change, like you said, the 100-plus characters they already have? No. Yeah. A couple other cool things for the data mine. There were some big-name ships in there, too. They weren't all just uh, random common ships, although there were a lot of common ships in there. But just to name a few, you had Slave 1 which was Django and Boba Fett's ship, Millennium Falcon, Han Chewie, Lando, Neon Numb, if they ever put him in. I've heard of Ray. that Yeah, I think I know that one. So I'm going to raise a point of order here, uh, and, and this is a super nerdy piece of information, but uh, perfect. the incarnation of Chewie in this game is the Clone Wars Chewie, so he doesn't yeah. get the privilege of being associated with the Falcon here. Yeah, yeah especially if they want to put a rebel tag on him. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he has a rebel tag, doesn't he? Not rebel, sorry. Uh, scoundrel. He, he has, has a scoundrel, scoundrel tag. tag. He, yeah. Just not the rebel one. Yeah. I got the, it backwards there. Yeah. 
the original other Chewie ships should have a rebel tag so that's a good point if he ever comes out and it's funny because how would you ever differentiate the two model wise are they just going to make the same model and call him chewbacca one gets a hundred percent accuracy versus kylo ren <laughs> i would love that <laughs> So the other named ships they have here are kind of cool. They have a uh, Xanadu's Blood, which is Cade Ban's starship. Cad Ban, Cad Bane's starship. They have the Solus One, which is Grievous's starship, and they have Aola, Anakin, and Plo Koon's Delta Seven B. And those are some of my favorite ships from the uh, Clone Wars cartoons. So I would love to have one of those. I think I have all my Lego sets up here on my. On my bookshelves, oh, with all those 7Bs, so give me one of them. They say ships all seem to have abilities much like characters do from the data mine. So from the February data mine, remember, I'm going to remind you again, this is from February, take it with a grain of salt. But they all had sh the same type of abilities where you had the basic, special, uniques, some of them had leader abilities, so if that's scrapped, and they have more synergy working with characters, these things probably wouldn't matter as much. Maybe you get one or two of them, but as far as the data mine goes, there's a bunch of those on there too, kind of like characters. They look, it, it's almost exactly like characters when they, these things are described in there. But that's pretty much it I had to say about the data mine. If you go in on Google, and you search data mine February Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes characters, you can find this list. And I'm sure a lot of you will be interested, even if it's bad or old information, just to look at it. It's there and it's kind of interesting. So if you want to check that out, that's how you do it. But my question was how will this add to what is already in game, beyond being another place or thing to farm and build up to try and be competitive? So, Will there be an arena for ships? If not, are they on the regular arena as a sixth thing? Like, this is my question with these. Where do they fit in? Because is it going to be like only when you do light side, dark side battles where you're just doing that with ships? How are these going to integrate, you know? That's my biggest question, I think. So I could imagine that ships would give you an ability, like, say... Uh, X-Wing gives you an ability called Strafing Run, right? So you do an AoE that has a chance to do something. I don't know, Expose, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a button similar to the Retreat button that we see in Raids. So basically you get a one-time use that you can use uh, in an encounter. Uh, or it could be similar to the special abilities that we get in events. You know, you hit that button and... Uh, character has a free heal or something uh so it could modify existing battles like that uh or it could give you some sort of passive boost although i think that's way too boring to be realistic i mean you you kind of collect these cool ships to see them rather than to have them give you passive boosts right yeah you want to see them somehow well one thing we've seen in the uh the most recent raid trailer was like the enemies calling in ships that come in and attack. So, I mean, it could be something similar to that in that you kind of have that ship that's kind of hanging out and maybe even gets its own turn or 
gets called in by other characters. Yeah, you can do a lot of interesting stuff with it. I mean, depending on how they did it, if it was a sixth extra thing in the arena where, you know, maybe it blocks all damage, gives everyone foresight for a turn by coming through and blocking off a way for them to get to you or something. You know, just in name and detail. Yeah. You know, I don't know how the picture, the UI would show that, but, I mean, there's a lot of different things that it could do. I don't know. It will be interesting. So... That's the big thing that PvP tournaments are going to be cool. I will do them, and I think it'll be fun, especially if it does turn out to be themed. I think that'll be interesting. It'll definitely be a lot of fun for those people that farmed certain things that others didn't to get a way to get ahead for all their hard work. You know what I mean? But, yeah. I am really excited for ships myself. I really want to know how they implement this and how it, what it does. I think that's know. the thing I'm most curious about is exactly how they implement it. Yeah. So I guess we will find out. So many different ways they could go, but it well, it's they got a lot coming up. It would seem like they haven't given us a lot of information or said a lot of things. But as far as you got. These PvP tournaments coming up, you have ships whenever they come out. Still have the raid coming at some point once it's fixed and done for what they want it to be. But then you still have Rogue One coming out in December too, so I gotta think they're gonna do something for that. Or multiple somethings. You know, so there it seems like they have a lot of stuff that should be coming, despite the fact that they haven't said a whole lot. Well, I I think that's the issue, right? You've just said that there are at least five or six uh, macro-level things that they could be doing. And I think one of the worst things they could do is say, we're going to release this at a certain date, because guess what? They said that for the raid, and now they're, what, two months behind? So, you know, you they are obviously accountable to uh, their publishers, EA, in terms of when they release stuff. They don't want to give a false sense of schedule to their players and then have to renege on that. I, I think that's why everything that they say is coming soon or coming, you know, in a few weeks or we're working on this. It's in development. Like they don't want to give a date because that's backing themselves into a corner, basically. Yep. I think there's a lot of precedence with this, though, too, like you're saying, in other games. As far as the big ones that I've ever played, World of Warcraft. Destiny, those two games in themselves, the soon with the trademark at the end, runs rampant with those things, right? Because they, they'll tell you about these cool things that they're gonna do, and then tell you, give you no timeline, right? But I think you're exactly right. They don't want to give a false sense of hope and feel the backlash of that just because they want to make it better or it's not ready by the time the date that they say comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, I'm kind of surprised that they're doing something or what seems to be this significant this soon after they completely changed everything in the game with mods. I mean, mods made... you know, It changed the way you do everything in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know where you're going with that. And now they're adding another... It seems like they're adding another level or... Maybe even 
multiple levels to that also. Which I'm completely in favor for. The more customization, the more combinations, and the more creative you can get, I'm completely on board with. But I do kind of wonder how thin they're stretching themselves. Speaking of multiple levels, I think we need to make another mention to Jin from our guild, who swears that the new, uh, the next big update will include a level cap increase of 10 levels. So if that happens, that will also be a fairly large game changer because uh, that will boost up your base stats a little bit. And it could, uh, this is my plug. This is not Jin's plug right here, but this is where you're going to see some other characters uh, get better because of stat growth. So it's going to be time for Ugnaught. <laughs> right. So my question is, do you think that they're going to do a level increase? I personally don't. Uh, this is uh, all Jin. Right. Yeah. Well, I was just curious what you're, if you agreed with them or not. Uh, I, I do not. Uh, and, and partially it's because they have all of this other stuff uh, slated. Like you mentioned, there is the ships that they've announced, the raid that they've announced, uh, the new characters that we know are going to come at around the time of uh, the new movie. So there's just a lot of stuff. Uh, we also know that there's R2 somewhere in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe on the test servers or something, but he's there. We saw him. So I, I don't think it's necessary. Now, if you kind of put your skeptical hat on and you say, what's the best way for EA to make money? Uh, of course, get people to spend resources be and force them to do so with a level cap increase. I guess you could make that argument, but, um, you know, that's not... That's not the way developers think, right? That's the way the publisher might think. But developers genuinely want to make a fun game. And I think they w generally hold off on treadmills until they're absolutely necessary or they perceive a reason for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see a uh, level cap increase coming anytime soon. I mean, I just think... The amount that goes into that's awfully excessive. I mean, going through each character, making that, making sure that the stats, um, you know, increase at a pace to where everything kind of stays relevant. Um, I, I don't see it coming with everything else they're doing. I don't think there's any need for it. See, this is where. Uh this is what gets me, right? So level cap increase. Every character has to be looked at because you got to... I guess you don't have to, but like when they did the last level cap increase to 80, they added Omega abilities for everyone, right? So every single character needed to have an extra layer to their abilities to use with these Omega mats. That's a lot of work with 100 characters trying to come up with new ways to improve them while moving forward right and if you look at Capgas's last one of his last uh posts on reddit someone was talking about boba and the rework that people want for him that has been mentioned to be first on the list or close to the top someone said speaking of boba can you ask him how that's going talking about uh capital method 
And he said, to be completely frank, it isn't going to happen soon. All designers here are incredibly busy with other things. And those on high have suspended reworks, but not bug fixes but not bug fixes until the latest batch of work is done and there's a veritable mountain of work to do. So if I were to try to pull a voice tone out of that, what he said, that almost sounds overworked to me. Like they are working their asses off on just the few things that they have now to add to the game and throwing a level cap in with all these events and changes on top of that. Maybe that's why he's upset. Maybe it's not. But I think that just the huge things that we've talked about on this podcast are enough for these guys to be overworked. I don't know. It seems like adding a 100-character refresh, basically, would be just be over the top. I don't know. Right. Yep. And from my perspective, you got to understand that different people do different things. We know this because CapCast does events uh, and well, you know, some of the other uh, official CG people who have come onto Reddit have different flares for where they work on. And mm -hmm. when you think about different things like the introduction of the new movie, what will that mean? Okay, that will mean different characters are added. Okay, fine, that affects the development team that does character design and balance. If you talk about a, a level cap increase, that affects everything. That affects character design, that affects squad arena, that affects raids, that affects galactic war. You know, it, events, when they come up, it affects everything. So not only do you need everyone on the team to drop everything and work on it, but it doesn't provide a significant feeling of accomplishment because it's something that has already been done before by the players. They've already gotten from level 70 to 80, are they really going to feel that great going from 80 to 90? And it's not a very good investment of time, in my opinion. Well, and yeah, something I... you just mentioned as far as the raids. I mean, they built a raid. The current raid that we have was pre-mods. It's still not optimized to be challenging for teams that are modded up. It's, that's not the way it was designed, even though that they adjusted it. The next raid by what it seems is the fact that they've already been working on it and they're already pretty deep into it is going to build to be challenging with mods. It's not going to be meant to be challenging with another 10 level cap increase. So, I mean, I think, I think you're looking at least two, two months after the release of the next raid before they would even consider another level cap increase. Yeah, I agree. Cause I think that, in the grand scheme of things, they're uh, throwing a level cap increase in during all these new events and everything else that they're trying to introduce would mean no one's doing them immediately, right? So that's a lot to... So if you release a new raid that's for level 90s, but everyone's still 80, no one's going to be doing it, right? Yep. So... It just seems that putting a level cap increase at the same time as a raid would be a bad decision. I don't know. Yeah. It's my thought. I'm with you. Well, as far as that goes, we will see how this turns out. PvP tournament's first stage introduction is this week. So we'll talk about that next week once it comes out. Also, EA Jesse said there will be another post next week. 
explaining a lot of the things that he mic dropped this week, so we'll go over that. But uh, I guess we'll just see what information we get next week and how it uh, pertains to our guesses here. But one thing we don't have to guess about is our last thing for the podcast tonight, and that is our mod discussion. So, we have three characters for this one. Each of us picked one, and we just kind of want to give you our thoughts and ideas on them. And I'm going to let you start it off, Wink. All right, I'm going to do a character that uh, I've been using my arena team for the past week. I actually just took him out yesterday, but I was using him for probably six days as my leader, actually. Uh, is one of those characters that's really beloved and often gets forgotten because he don't seem to be very good, but if you throw him in the right team, he can actually be pretty damn useful, and that is Boba Fett. Uh, I was mainly using him because two reasons. Leader ability and his ability block. His ability block, I believe, is 80% chance to ability block. And then his leader ability with Omegas is plus 50% crit damage and plus 10% crit chance. So he was really useful in that team. But the ability block was the biggest deal. Um, I used to always go against those teams. Is that from his basic or That's special? from what his is AoE. It is. Uh, okay. Glad you mentioned that. Good point. Uh, his specials and AOE, and it's eighty percent ability blocks. So, generally, you're gonna get you know four out of five characters ability block, um, and pairing ability block with Stormtrooper Han is an awesome recipe for getting some turn meter. Um, but the only thing is, you've got to make sure that those land. So, as far as mods with Boba Fett, basically what I did was loaded him up with as much potency as I could because I was using a fast Stormtrooper Han that would give him turn meter. Uh, I wasn't too worried about speed. I just had to make sure he was fast enough. They would be at full TM when Stormtrooper Han taunted. Um, so he starts out with only 10% potency, so he's pretty low, so he needs quite a bit. But if you put, you know... For the potency mods on there, you get the 20% bonus. Throw a plus sign on there. Like one of the five dot max ones, you get 24%. So it's pretty easy. Get them up to 54%. Even getting 60 is pretty easy, given uh, some decent mods with good potency secondaries. If you don't have a fast Stormtrooper Han, you're probably going to want more speed on him because the earlier he can go, the better. Uh, Earlier he goes, do that ability block a little bit quicker, um, and hopefully save some damage on everyone else. Um, and that's kind of why it kind of depends on the team that you have him with. Uh, if you're using him, especially as a lead, you're going to want people that do a little bit more critical damage, just take advantage of that bonus on his lead. So, like, your Rays and Landos are really good with him. Uh, that was actually a team I was running was the Boba lead with Stormtrooper Han, Lando, Admiral Akbar, and um, Poggle. And it was pretty effective until people started adding a lot of health. 
But until they figured out how to counter it, yeah, and you got to switch it up again. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, that's the way the meta works. But it's fun trying to get ahead of that. And see how long you can stay in the top ten without dropping. That's always fun. Um, health can be somewhat useful on Boba, but it's not super important. Um, just because, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of damage on his basic, and really all he does really well is his leader ability and his AoE. Outside yeah, of that, he's not one of those guys you're trying to keep alive so that he can kill people. Yeah. More for his side things. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of his first turn. That's, you know, 80% of the usage that you get out of him. And after that, it really don't matter too much as long as you have characters or they can take advantage of the other team being ability blocked. So I think that's, that's pretty much the biggest thing. Like I said, potency and looking at how you have your team arranged and trying to get him to go as early as possible. So if you don't have a uh, fast Han, you know, speed him up some while still trying to get uh, a lot of potency on him. I'd yeah, and getting him to go before... Because sometimes you get those guys that sneak in between your team when you try to speed them the way you want them to. They still sneak in there. If he can go before anyone on the other team and ability block them, that's going to severely yep. damper the things that they can do to hinder your strategy. Well, so. and if you're like using a tank, if you have a fast tank that's going to go before like the opposing Qui-Gon you're going to want Boba to go before the Qui-Gon. Otherwise, you're probably going to want Boba to wait, you know, until after Qui-Gon goes, you know. You want him kind of going around the same time as your tank just to kind of help protect that tank, hopefully. Right. Yeah, so much... I'm not fighting for top 10 right now, but so much of my own arena fights are making sure that Kaigon Jin can't dispel my taunt, and then after that, it's pretty much over. Yep, uh, that's true. On offense, at least. AI, who knows what it's doing. But for me, I just climb the ranks and drop again and climb them every day. Yeah. So. Well. The. Uh, kind of moves in talking about taunts with my character. It's not exactly one that's used very often. I don't even think. You don't have them, right, Wink? I do not, nope. And you don't have them, Giggles, right? I have them unlocked. I stopped farming him when I realized he wasn't very useful. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And it's not Jerry, just so it's his cousin, Gamorian Guard. And uh, I just happen to be one of the people that do have him at seven stars. And I enjoy him in Galactic War. He He does help me on those hard nodes. I just throw him in there and let him... Gets slapped at for a while and keeps my guys alive and protection on them. So he works very, really good in there. But I kind of try to think of ways that I can move him into the arena and make him work. For those that don't have him, don't know, he has three abilities. His basic, he swings, doesn't hit for very hard, but he adds. He has a high chance to add two dots. Then he has his taunt, which has a... Is it Retribution? That causes counterattacks? Yeah. So he has a retribution on his taunt. So anyone that hits him, he goes and attacks them with his basic and adds dots to the people that attack him. 
it's pretty nice. I like it. It's a good mechanic. But if, as far as his overall use is not that great. And the biggest thing as far as arena goes is he uses his third ability, which is a basically swings his little meat cleaver and exposes whoever he hits. Problem with him is that's the first move he uses from the AI. So it's not very effective in the arena because he doesn't taunt first turn like most tanks do. But talking to Wink last week, we kind of figured out a way to kind of tweak him to do what we want him to do by using Admiral Akbar like we do so many times with characters, right? So I'm just thinking if someone else out there has a good Akbar and they, a Gamorrean Garden wants to try this and let me know how it goes, I would love to hear about it. I'm trying to get my Akbar up to where my Gamorrean Guard is to try this, but if you can get Akbar to uh, Tactical Genius before Gamorrean Guard, then he would use his Expose and then Taunt. And then that taunt lasts three turns. So how, what can you do to him to make that work? Because if you don't do anything to him, he's just going to die, right? But like most tanks, health and defense sets to get his health up so he can hopefully use those three turns to stay around for a while. And hopefully he's counterattacking and getting those dots on people, but... That was the first thing I want to say, right? So if you want those dots from him, if you can get him to taunt first turn, you're going to need a lot of protection, right? So you can use health and defense sets to get him higher, take less damage, or you can use three potency sets and bump him up to 30% potency. He bases basically at his highest gear level, he's at 23%, so he needs the potency if you want to hit those dots reliably. So you can use potency sets, you can use health sets, defense sets. If you just want him to take damage, those would be good. If you want him to land his dots, potency would be good. Or if you want to use the health and defense, definitely put a potency cross on him. Get Depending on how many star, or dots you have on your mod, that's going to bump him up a lot. And if you can even just get him to 50%, you're probably going to enjoy that dottiness a lot better. Triangle, you want health or protection. Of course, he's a tank. Speed, secondaries are probably good on all your mods to get him to go and taunt faster if he doesn't work with the Admiral Akbar. Uh, speed, defense, protection, health, crit avoidance for your arrow. Any of those would work good for him. But uh, those are pretty much the basic mods you could use for him. Pretty Pretty elementary for a tank, but worth saying if you can get Akbar to make him work correctly. And I would love to hear about anyone that tried this because I really want to try it myself. I got I got Gamorrean Guard. I started farming him when he came out because I thought, oh, this tank sounds really awesome. Then, uh, you know, halfway through six stars, I found out that he exposes first instead of taunts, and I knew that would be terrible in the arena, so kind of was a waste, but maybe if we can manipulate him to do what we want, that would be cool. I don't know. So that's just some thoughts on Gamorrean Guard. If you're interested and you have him, maybe you can salvage him after all. If not, he makes good galactic war fodder, and that's fine by me, so... Well, we got Giggles on here, who is a 
clone master, so we're hoping he could tell us a little bit about one of his clones. What do you think? Sure. Michael? So uh, talking about Expose, I'm going to talk about the character who has the best Expose in the game, and that is Rex. And you're probably thinking to yourself, but Rex doesn't have an Expose. Uh, that's where you're wrong. He does have an Expose. It's the best Expose in the game because it doesn't actually require you to land the debuff. Uh, so anyway, we're talking about how to mod him. So I kind of broke this out into uh, offense and defense in Arena because modding Rex for any other game mode is pretty simple. You just give him speed. Uh, that's all he really needs. Uh, if you're doing... Uh, Rancor, you just give him speed. He doesn't need the potency because you have Dengar. If you don't have Dengar, then you don't really put him in raid. Uh, anyway, so for offense, if you consider what kind of position Rex plays, uh, he is almost always the leader because his leader ability is so great. Basically, it gives all of your other characters more health, and you also gain turn meter whenever you suffer a critical hit. So in the world of Landos, Emperor Palpatines, uh, you know, droids, this is very, very powerful because, hey, Lando hits you. Almost all of his hits are crits, if not all of them. That's half of Rex's turn meter gained just from that and uh, probably around 30% for everyone else. So Rex is kind of your, your supporting role. In terms of damage, he doesn't really do very much damage. So I would say you have two paths there. You can mod him up for damage, in which case you want offense or uh, crit chance or crit damage. Uh, or you can mod him up for utility, which is the way I would prefer. So if you mod him up for utility, speed is always a great choice. You can have him go first. Uh, and do his thing. If you're manually controlling him on offense, you can obviously use his squad discipline, which is the tenacity up uh, ability that also gives your friendly characters TM. Uh, if you go the tenacity route, which is also very viable, given the advent of Emperor Palpatine's androids, you want to mod him to about 80% tenacity. Uh, his base tenacity, I think, I don't have it written down here, I think it's actually around 30%, uh, so you would need to give him 50% tenacity. And the reason that you want to aim for this 80% is that uh, Palpatine is one of the most common adversaries who has a high potency. And Palpatine starts off with around 40% potency, and given his leader ability, that's another 32% potency. So if you have an 80% tenacity, that will allow you to resist the initial stun effect more often than not. And then you can cleanse everyone on your team and then go as normal. Uh, again, with droids, if you avoid that initial ability block from 88, or if you get hit by something before that, that crits, then you can use your tenacity up and then your team doesn't have to fear those debuffs anymore. Uh, the last thing to note on Rex is that he has low EHP, so he has low health and low protection. So ideally the set bonuses that you want are tenacity or HP. I think the set bonus from speed or any of the offensive mods is too low for the number of mods it takes to get there. So I would really say health or 
uh, tenacity. And the basic attack that he has is fairly good even if you don't have those offensive mods like critical damage, critical chance, or offense, because unlike Qui-Gon Jinn and Ewok Scout, his basic will always reduce turn meter. Uh, this is the case regardless of whether he hits or not, and I think they did this on purpose because he does practically no damage. So <laughs> on defense, which is where the AI would be controlling you, uh, there's a lot more thought that can go into this. And both Dan and Wink have talked at length in previous episodes about tailoring your team to work just as well when the AI is manually when the AI is controlling them as when you are manually controlling them based around your speed values. Uh, I haven't gone into that much depth with my arena team, but the way that I would view it is from your ability priority. So the AI will always use your abilities in this priority with Rex. So number one, squad discipline, if and only if any of your characters has a debuff. Uh, that's the one that cleanses. Then the second mm -hmm. ability is subdue. That's the better expose. And the third ability is impending shot. That's his basic. So knowing this, uh, you're never going to get into a situation where the AI preemptively uses tenacity up to avoid that Emperor Palpatine AOE stun or that uh, IG-88 ability block or that HK bomb that basically gives you all the debuffs that exist in the game. So given this piece of information, I would strongly suggest buffing up your tenacity with mods because speed on its own isn't really good to cut it. You really have to have Rex avoid all those negative abilities and put that tenacity up because otherwise the AI just won't use that skill. Uh, with regard to subdue and impending shot, on offense, you know, when you're manually controlling him, you're going to use subdue on the high health characters like their tanks you're going to use impending shot to delay Qui-Gon Jinn's uh, uh, cleansing attack that removes your tank's taunt or you're going to use that on Lando so you have an additional turn to kill him but the AI really isn't going to be intelligent about this it's going to just use them whenever so you can't really help this um, no amount of you know wiggling around your speed your potency or anything like that will really change this fact the ai is just going to be done with him so really the only ability that you can mod the ai to use more intelligently is that squad discipline so uh, improve your tenacity improve your speed that will help both offense and defense and uh if you want to know where my rex is my Rex is currently at 180 speed. I'm trying to get him above 200 to match the Palpatines that I see on my shard. And his tenacity is currently at 70. So that's pretty close to that 80% threshold that I'm looking for. Makes sense. Yeah, so you want him to go after... Or you want him to go before Emperor, Either right? way, you want to be prepared to avoid that Emperor AoE stun. Right, so you got the potency on there to try to avoid it, but you want him to debuff all the shocks, so I'm guessing you want him after? Is yeah, so it, it's up to you whether you want a super high speed, like, you know, uh, close to 210, I think is probably the max you can get. Um, I'm just 
spitballing here. Uh, so it's right. your choice whether you want that high speed or you want him to be slower at like 180, which is where I have him, and have him just cleanse right afterwards. In my team, I use ST Han as my tank. So when Lando AoEs me, uh, I instantly get pretty much all of my turn meter for Rex because you get your like 47% or 45% turn meter from Rex's leader ability, plus you get the uh, ST Han turn meter gain when ST Han gets hit by the AoE. So, you know, it, it's really up to you how you want to mod him, but I really think that Rex is one of those characters that you want tenacity on, and there are not a lot of them out there. So that's why he's unusual. So yeah. that's, that's why I was asking this question. I was trying to figure out what the difference between having him go before Emperor Palpatine was considering what ability he uses but if he goes before Palpatine he adds tenacity up right uh, if you are manually controlling him yes if you are on defense the oh, okay. AI so will his... not use it unless someone on your team has a debuff okay so squad discipline isn't the tenacity squad up discipline ability. is the tenacity up ability but uh so, so at the start of the fight, oh, yeah, it's very have to have a debuff to use squad yeah. discipline to get that tenacity up so I will resist all effects and give my character's turn meter. Uh, the AI doesn't seem to recognize that that's a good tactic, so it will only use that ability to cleanse debuffs from your characters. There's no other case where right. it will actually use that ability. So if you're... Much like Akbar with his yep. debuff, not using it with well, no one there... Obviously, it wouldn't be the same with him because nothing else happens, but... And with yeah, Rex, you probably want him slower than the Emperor whenever he's on defense so that he will cleanse. Because if he Correct. goes before, so, he's not going to use it. And if he goes like right after, he can cleanse everybody and he's also good, you know, going to gain some turn meter from that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the... That's, really something that you have to check on your own you have to look at your the emperors on your shard which i'm sure is like you know 15 of the top 20 or something by now but um <laughs> yeah, right. you really need to see where the speeds are because i do have several emperors on my shards that are busting higher than 200 speed and then some emperors are you know in 180 so uh it really depends but i have found that he is most effective if uh, Emperor does his AoE stun and Rex goes right afterwards because then nobody can interfere with Rex. Uh, nobody can screw around with turn me meter by critting my guys and causing some guys to, for some mysterious reason, go before Rex, you know. <laughs> right, Phantom exactly, turn yeah. Cool. Gotcha. Well, interesting. That's, I like, yeah, I like hearing all that. I don't have Rex. I never I played either. with Rex. But it's nice to know if he ever went free to play, I would have a good idea yep. how to use them. So. Yeah, I, I think uh, Rex is a very, very strong leader in the current arena meta. Uh, he basically gives so much turn meter when Lando crits you. Uh, he has a good chance of saving your squad from Emperor Palpatine's AoE stun. Uh, he pretty much dismantles droids on when you're attacking, so on offense, I don't know how well my team does against choice on defense, so wait for the PvP tournament so I can fight Jin, right? Um, yeah. But he's, he's so incredibly strong as a counter character. So this is a little bit different from the uh, current meta characters like Palpatine, like 
wedge lead like Lando lead and to a limited extent Akbar lead. I think he's fallen out of favor a little bit. But those leads really function as um, just, you know, kill them or uh, stun lock them as fast as they can. Uh, Rex doesn't really serve those purposes. He doesn't really help your offense uh, directly. He just says, let my team function as intended and not being stunned for two turns. Right, yeah, and that's pretty huge in itself. So, anything else? Any closing comments on Rex? Uh, he's great. That's it. <laughs> Jealous. I like Rex. I really like him in the Clone Wars cartoons. I, I think they really so did him awesome. justice in this game. Yeah, for sure. So did they do Commander Cody justice? Uh, you know, I think they addressed some of the issues by reducing his cooldown timers um but as i said cody is um as i said with with the clones in general you're not really going to find a full clone team and the reason is that they do everything moderately well but they don't do anything great and cody requires a a team that has at least four clones in order to really shine and because the supporting clones aren't going to be great. That kind of affects his ability to pull the team up. He's like a worse chirpa. God. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I was going to say something like a Jawa or an Ewok yeah. group. Cool. Gotcha. Well, cool. Lots of good information today. Lots of speculation. Guess we'll find out in a week at least a little bit about the PvP tournaments and maybe a little more about ships. And uh, then we can revisit all this next week and see what Sounds we think. Sounds like a plan. But there's still one pending issue that we need to uh, address, and that would be a Jerry fact. And I think that Giggles I, had I did one. have one. Um, and, you know, this is pulling both from canon as well as from one of the premier resources of Star Wars information on the internet. Uh, so did you know that Jerry was originally cast for A New Hope as TK421, but he failed due to incompetence? So in case you have forgotten the significance of TK421, uh, I went to the Star Wars wiki, which is Wikipedia, and it said, responding to a call for help from inside the ship, TK-421 and another trooper were ambushed by Han Solo. Solo and Luke Skywalker then used the two troopers' armor to infiltrate the Death Star. Not long afterwards, the Battle of Yavin commenced, which ended the Alliance destroying the Death Star. So basically what Wikipedia is saying is that TK-421 is the stormtrooper who is responsible for the destruction of the Death Star, and Jerry couldn't even cut it as that. Wow. I would like to pretend that I'm surprised, but to be honest, that sounds right up that, Jerry's alley. 100%. I would have been surprised if it wasn't him at this he, point. He can't even destroy the Death Star, right? That's that's what you're saying. He can't even be the stormtrooper who fails his job so badly that the Death Star is destroyed because of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's TK great. Four, two, one, well, that is copy? a good tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Well, as far as this week goes, that should 
do it for us unless anyone has any extra information they want to share one last thing i'd like to touch on uh i'd like to tell everybody out there thanks for downloading and listening um we've been hitting some pretty awesome numbers uh our episode 13 we got over 450 listens at this point which is awesome um so really appreciate everybody out there listening and downloading and everyone who's been spreading the word about the podcast uh, keep doing so really appreciate it um and as always his up with some reviews or suggestions or whatever we're always open to ideas uh we want to talk about what you guys want to talk about so that's absolutely i have a email set up the shattered order at gmail.com if you have anything you'd like to recommend for us to talk about or something you want to hear or any feedback about the podcast and what we do we'd love to hear it i will attempt to get back to you as soon as i can i've been pretty pretty bad with the couple emails we got so far but i promise i'll do better so if you hit me up i will get back to you in fact i'll go hit up the one email i got this week right after this podcast so shoot us an email let us know what you think and i will get back to you and let you know what we think and as far as that goes we will see you next week on episode 16 thanks for listening everyone Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.